I guess this means you've had a good trip with your dupla guest. It was exhausting. Between us, I can't get him off the ship fast enough. Um, the man is so emotionally fragile. Fragile? Was I too much trouble? No, 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 no. You were great. I love having you here. I was a bad guest. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh, no! I duplicated! This is so embarrassing! No, it's it's fine! Nothing is more mortifying than duplicating! We both did it! Oh, oh, oh. oh he just duplicated! Don't look at me! Stop! It's fine! You are all great! Oh, oh, oh. Welcome to Strange New Takes. I'm your host, Notch Garnick, and with me at Starfleet's wildest party are... Bill Boywad. And Emily Bowen Marler. Welcome to Strange New Takes, and welcome to this strange new world of new Star Trek. Today we're covering the fifth episode of season two of Lower Decks, An Embarrassment of Duplers. Before we get any further, we want to remind you to follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And hey, tell your friends about the podcast and give us a five-star rating and then Notch will read your five-star review on the podcast. So, you know, it's like your name, not in lights, but in sound. So you should do it. There are four lights. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, just a a spoiler warning, we're going to be discussing the most recent episode of of Lower Decks and reserve the right to discuss uh, any preceding Star Trek throughout the entire canon. So um, if you're (laughs) uh, worried about getting spoiled, uh, you might want to come back and listen to this after you've had a chance to watch the episode. All right. Well, typically at this point, I would go and talk about our strange new takes, but we've got something else that we want to discuss before that Star Trek Day was this past week and we had some great news about Star Trek come out we had some trailers drop for a few of the shows uh, a bunch of new content basically and I want to talk about it just briefly with all of you uh, and listeners if you if you go over to either StarTrek.com or TrekMovie.com or just generally use Google you can now find a trailer for Star Trek Prodigy you can find yet another new expansive trailer for Picard Season 2. And you can find a casting announcement for Strange New Worlds. We also received dates for Discovery Season 4, uh, Prodigy Season 1, Picard Season 2. Uh, so so a lot of good stuff came our way, crew. Did y'all, What did y'all think about uh, the new stuff that we've seen? I'm just super jazzed about it. Um, I love the Strange New Worlds casting annou- yeah. announcements. I, I mean, that's sure. kind of what, what I had um, guessed anyway, so it's nice to be proven correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, they are hearkening back to like deep, deep cuts into the original series, like Dr. Mbenga, um, mm-hmm. which is cool. And also like introducing some new characters that, that seem compelling. Um so I'm just super enthusiastic about it. I love that they um, are adding uh, a character that is apparently an Anar. Is it is it Horak? Something like that. Um, yeah. Which 
like a, a like an enterprise deep cut, I suppose. But um, I thought that was pretty cool. And and a blind actor playing mm-hmm. right the blind right. character, yeah. legally blind, uh, and. So, so I think that that's a very significant step. Yeah. It's nice to see Star Trek once again embracing the idic um, that that you know came in in such a strong way in the '60s, but then was kind of washed away a little bit in the '90s Star Trek. Uh, and and like you were saying, Bill, just to elaborate and make clear, they are bringing back a lot of deep cut characters, bit part characters from the original series into Strange New Worlds. You mentioned the new characters. There's one, Laan Nunian Singh. And I was a little nervous, personally, to, to say the least, to see that. Uh, but I think the thing that kind of annoys me a little bit, just and this is probably because I am an Indian person born in India. We've had now four different iterations <laughs> of Khan Union Singh or relative. Presumably, they, they aren't going to be like, oh, she just coincidentally has the same name. <laughs> yeah. um, but not a single one of them, not one, has been played either by an Indian person or, more precisely, a Punjabi. Because you could have a Pakistani Punjabi play them too, I don't know, or British Punjabi, whatever. The point is, you have a character named Singh and you don't have them play by whatever. And I know there's some story about Kim Noonien Singh, who Gene Roddenberry met in the war, and maybe that person was an Indian, I don't know, whatever. The point is... Come on, one of the four. At least Benedict Cumberbatch could have been, like, some Indian actor, okay? Like, all right, now that my rant is done. Uh, yes, very exciting. They have new uniforms, too. Uh, you'll see those. Yeah. Yeah, they're fine. I don't know. I kind of like the little black collar, so not having it um, might take some getting used to, but I don't really care. They're fine. I hope they make jokes about it. The I was super excited to see the Picard um, trailer, but uh, Emily, I wanted to see what you thought. Another dystopian authoritarian. Yeah, well, and since they went back to the 21st century, I was wondering if that meant they were coming back to like 2025 when uh, Donald Trump gets reelected for his second hey, don't term. Don't say that. I know it's horrible. <laughs> I don't. I don't want that to be the case. But I was a little worried. <laughs> That's the direction they were going. Although, like, certainly, you certainly get the feel. Well, actually, it's hard to tell. I was going to say, is it like the entire Earth that's underneath some some totalitarian regime? Or was it just L.A.? Because it certainly looked like L.A. in the, um, excuse me, it looked like L.A. in the poster. You know, like yeah. the original poster right, that they had right. of it. But um, so, yeah, I, I just find it interesting that they're going back to our century. You know, you know how how people like complain about the Hollywood elites. So maybe it's just the Hollywood elites in LA that took over, and the rest of the country is a democratic nirvana. You know, like. Uh, but um, I yeah. So it's it's Q judge continues the judgment, sends them all back in time to a very authoritarian, or at least sends them not back in time, but he sends them to an authoritarian multiverse, where where Picard is some sort of murdering like marauding military leader and then picard picard and his like group of people from his crew from la serena then choose to go back in time using the borg queen (laughs) to what we would consider the present day la how did i miss that first part you said where he's a marauding murderous what he he just looks at a port grand portrait of him where he he's like painted kind of like like a napoleonic thing so you just assume that Uh, he's like it's like it's like when the enterprise c goes through the rift and there's a different version of okay exactly don't don't they show him giving a speech on kind of like a stage with some 
I'm gonna have to watch this again. Nazi esque <laughs> flags behind him. Yeah, yeah, very much. Uh, you know, I can't believe this isn't man in the high castle type imagery. Right, um, right. And so it was. I mean, it's good. I, I, I don't know. Everything I saw is just like, whoa, cool, fun. It's. Not, I, I, I would, I would be surprised if we have a lot of man in front of the briefing room window thinking really hard moments. <laughs> and more kind of like uh, just, you know, kind of. I mean, they bring the Borg Queen back. Like, come on, it's gonna be a little bit showy and flashy and actiony. Is my is my take on it. So, uh, which you is know, it, you know, different. I was trying to remember based on watching this uh, trailer. Was um, Agnes used for comic relief the most in the previous season too? Which is interesting because she like totally murdered her lover. Um, but. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I was just thinking about that, like, because that's the, basically, with there's one exception, I feel like with there's a one interaction that happens between she and the Borg Queen that are, that seems to be kind of serious. But usually all of her little lines that pop up in the trailer were uh, the comic relief of the show. It's just interesting. And I was trying really? to figure out who was it that, um, uh, uh, I just, Michelle heard, um, Anyway, who's she crying over? I was trying to see who that person was. Yeah, I, I, in, in the first season? No, no, no. In the trailer, there's it's a scene the where someone's yeah. laying out on something and she kind of... And I want her hair bigger again. Why'd they flatten her hair out? I thought that was interesting. I know I shouldn't be commenting on hair, but I just... Her well, hair was so amazing last season. It's been, And it looks like that every interview I see. So the different style, I was like, oh, they did something different with her hair this season. I think, I think it's a mirror universe thing, right? You have to, because otherwise you wouldn't ah. know. But I mean, Picard, no matter what the universe is, he's just bald. <laughs> <laughs> Not much he can do there. That's why he needs the sash, you know, so you can tell. There, there you go. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you know, you reminded me about Gerardi's murder. And what, what if you have like Star Trek Irredeemables, characters that were given horrible traits that they then had to come back from, like Tom Paris's creepiness. Empress Giorgio's genocide, Girardi's murder. Yeah, you know. yeah. But was it? But I mean, she was supposed to be kind of like brainwashed, right? Or she had had that mind right. meld. And so, it, you know, it's not totally clear if she was acting under her own volition. Yeah, she's not really responsible for that murder, right? I mean, it's, True. it's True. I remember it being kind of not totally clear because it like the mind meld, she was kind of hypnotized, but then it kind of wears off right over it. So it's not really, I don't know. Well, we should we should keep keep chugging along the Star Trek day train. The next big one was Prodigy. We not only got a trailer for Prodigy, we've also got the opening credits, which are beautiful. Gorgeous. Beautiful theme, beautiful like animations. I am actually genuinely excited for Prodigy. Are any yeah. of these shows going to be happening at the same time? They must be. They I, are. Okay, I thought so because I was looking because it sounds like Prodigy starts in October and uh Discovery starts yeah. in November, right? <laughs> let's let's go over the dates. So, so Prodigy comes in on the 28th of October. It's a 10-episode season that goes up to December 30th. Uh, and then Discovery Season 4 drops on us on 18th November 2021. And I don't think we know how many episodes it's going to have yet. So it'll keep going on from there. And then Picard is going to drop on uh, what seems like... Uh, the 11th of February, 2022. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, have they so, given us a date for Strange New Worlds yet or no? I bet I it'll be right so. after Picard. Yeah. Or maybe a month gap. But. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. They're uh, they're bringing on the Star Trek Fast and Furious. We're going to have to do two episodes a week, y'all. This is so uh, awesome. Prodigy. This is so awesome, you guys. Do you remember when there was no Star Trek? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. It was, it was awful. a crazy time. Yeah, yeah. Was it so, like 2005 to 2009, right? Or something yeah, like, that. like basically a period in my life when I didn't have any friends or anything and I didn't have any Star Trek to rely on either. It was really sad. <laughs> it's like I was living in a new place and didn't know how to meet people because my Collecting job makes it hard to meet people. plates yeah. of like unknown team that's that right, you refuse to tell right. us about. Okay. <laughs> All right. What do you think, Bill? So it, it must be that um, Lower Decks ends in late October, then Prodigy starts immediately, like the following week mm-hmm. or something. And then yeah. it will overlap with Discovery for whatever, seven weeks or something. Yeah, sounds like sounds like that. Yeah. And um yeah, I, I'm I was uh, very uncertain whether Prodigy was gonna hold my attention and I genuinely liked what I saw and I think if for nothing else, I'm going to watch it for Janeway. But I think they've they've produced what I see as kind of a compelling plot where these kids are escaping some sort of place with these two villains chasing after them. And uh, they start off in the Delta Quadrant. They encounter at least one Kazon. And then they go start going towards the Alpha Quadrant. So it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Uh, another quick note. We heard about Star Trek, a Starfleet Academy show. From Alex Kurtzman, uh, and so that that's also in the works apparently, and at some point we might see that maybe after Picard, Picard they just leave it at the three seasons that they thought were gonna were gonna end the arc that they've come up with. Maybe they'll replace that with Starfleet Academy. So, so did I, didn't I say missed anything. that. Did... Oh, I did too. So Alex Kurtzman brought up. Like he was, you know, he was talking about like the stuff that's coming up that's in the works as such. And unprompted, he mentioned Starfleet Academy mm-hmm. as as a, as a show that's in the works. And I, I don't think it was kind of like confirmation that this is coming next order. They just said they're working on it. Yeah. So and Section 31 wasn't mentioned. So, you know, take that for what you will. Sorry, Michelle Yeo. Maybe she'll be the head of sec- uh, Starfleet yeah, Academy. Yeah, I was she'll wondering the, if, the, if about Section 31. So that answers my question. She, she'll be the comic relief principal. You know, everybody will make those, she'll make those jokes like, don't make me wipe out the entire academy like I did <laughs> in the mirror universe. <laughs> everybody laughs. So, um, yeah, so f- fun times, new Star Trek. Uh, Picard season three has been confirmed, but without a date for release yet. Um, very excited. So you can go back and watch the Star Trek day panels somewhere. Uh, I uh, Emily was asking where she could go watch them again, and I I told her someone on Reddit had posted a link. I believe if you go on to Twitter, you can actually find the tweet where they live streamed it and watch it that way. Um, otherwise, Google is your friend there again. But it's now time to switch over to talking about an embarrassment of duplers. It's the fifth episode of season two of Star Trek Lower Decks. It first aired 9th September 2021, which was two days ago. It was written by David Illenfeld and David Wright and directed by Kim Arndt in the in-universe date is 2381. We always start by, uh, well, we always, well, I haven't given you the episode summary yet. Mariner and Boimler try to track down the location of a legendary Starfleet party while the bridge crew deals with an insecure alien diplomat. All right, so we always start with our strange new takes. <clears throat> Who's got a strange new take for me?
Are you thinking for a long time, Bill? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the episode was fine. It was okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It had its moments. It wasn't really that gripping. Um, <laughs> oh, and, but my, my strange, strange new take is that, like, I really appreciated the Starbase because actually, like, if, you know, you were to colonize the universe, there would be a lot more star bases than planets. Planets, it's kind of a dumb move, right? You like expend all this energy and effort escaping your gravity well, and then you just go mm. right back into one. It really doesn't make sense. This is an area where actually Elon Musk is, is wrong and, and Bezos is right, <clears throat> my opinion. Interesting. <laughs> well, my strange new take is uh, another presidential strange new take. Ulysses S. Grant was actually named Hiram Ulysses Grant when he was uh, a few days after he was born. Unfortunately, he did not like the initials hug when he went to the U Army Academy at West Point. So uh, through a series of events that I won't tell you, but that were outside of his control, he was named Ulysses Simpson Grant on the West Point roster and just decided to go with that. But actually, he wasn't even called that. He was called Sam Grant at uh, at West Point because all of his classmates just tried to assume what the U.S. stood for, and they they thought that it meant Uncle Sam Grant, and so he just went <laughs> by Sam Grant when he was at the military academy at West Point. Anyway, my strange new take for this episode is that man, Lower Decks needs more character episodes. This was I enjoyed, you know the the. The emotion, the friendliness, the, the like nice wrap-up in the end. Like, give me all those like tender moments, Lower Decks. I like them. My strange new take for life is, you know, I don't know. But, oh, I'm really enjoying these lower humidity mornings. Yesterday is, Fridays are my day off. And I spend that day with my kid, which makes sense. Um, and he doesn't have school on Fridays. And so I basically spent the entire day, well, most of the day, sitting on the back patio at my parents' house or their back deck, playing Star Trek with my kid, which was awesome. We had our, we have the Starfleet or the Starship Enterprise D and E and a shuttle that what? all belonged to my brother, Adam, when he was younger. And so we were like, and Dietrich, he flies the ships going, do, 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 do. <laughs> so he's like running all over the deck with the starships. And it was pretty awesome. So it was a great that day. Awesome. Um, and my strange new take for the episode, I, you know, I would love to have a lower decks episode where it's not just total and utter chaos like mariner just is the bringer of chaos and it would be nice if you know i don't know i just i i would be fine watching an episode that wasn't just like let's drive crazy and crash through everything and not worry about anything that's <laughs> happening and, <laughs> anyway. you you want more standing in front of the briefing room window yes yes thinking about things with yes. a nice little flute playing in the background or yeah yeah and then wharf walks in and is angry but then picard <laughs> says Simmer down, Commander, and then, you know, helps him understand the true meaning of life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I, I actually, I, I do feel similarly about the car chase. I was kind of like, uh, can we not, can we just go to the next scene? Yeah. <laughs> and and then, then they had Vulcan, Vulcan, Vulcan. Fascinating. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that was the payoff. That was the payoff. Anyway, well, jumping into this, the episode is named An Embarrassment of Duplers, and that was the kind of 
one of the three plots here. The, the title plot was about a new species called duplers that duplicate when they get embarrassed. And I thought this was a great usage of the animated medium. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. It was playful. It's it, it's something that wouldn't work in a live action show. I mean, I don't even mean like practically in terms of effects or whatever. I mean, it's a little bit too campy or too... Although I suppose it's not that different than Tribbles. The Tribbles are super campy in 1960s. Um, it, and uh, what's the guy's name? Richard Kind did the voice, voice <laughs> acting, uh, which I, I mean... It was a good choice. Um, good casting, I think. For, yeah, I had to folks. go look it up. I'm like, I know that voice. I know that voice. And as soon as I saw who it was, I was like, of course. <laughs> he's he's played folks in many different big movies, TV shows. He's he's a, he's a pretty famous, he's a big get for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, the Duplers I, made me think of the gold that... Uh, that multiplies in um, Harry Potter in Deathly Hallows in the um, in Bellatrix Lestrange's vault. That's what it reminded me of. I'm like, this Dupler is just like that enchanted gold that kept everything. Every time you touched it, it kept, uh, you know, multiplying. Mm-hmm. And I think this is also, you know, Bill, you talked about the kind of um, animated medium as being kind of visually what makes it work, but also kind of you couldn't do this in a serious way. And I think... I, I really that resonated with me because like this there are some sci-fi ideas that you can't make a serious plot with it's just too stupid and but they're fun kind of mind like thought experiments that you yeah. think about for a second and I feel like if they can do more of this in lower decks where they take those like little things that are sci-fi but maybe not meaty enough to to, to deserve their own like uh, Discovery episode or Strange New Worlds episode and just throw them into lower decks and make them a source of fun and joy and kind of just uh, thought experimentation like this with the Duplers. I really enjoy that. So um, so I think they did a good job with that and, and like Yellow Singer Trick kind was was the ideal medium um, for, for the humor here as well. So, okay. The big, the big kind of character plot in this episode is, is Mariner and Boimler on Starbase 25. Um, and their shenanigans are really a vehicle for Mariner and Boimler to reconcile about him leave abandoning her um, to leave for the Titan. What y'all think about their escapades in this episode? Best part of the episode. Um, or at least that, that, that story focused on their relationship. Agree that the car chase was kind of take it or leave it but um yeah you know it, in the end they reckon you know they they uh have a conflict right related to kind of crashing this big party and and things get heated and uh you know th things are said that can't be unsaid and uh but then later on they reconcile and um it's very like warm and touching and um you can i don't know i mean it's it's you know, probably the realest moment we've had in, in their relationship. So I definitely worth worth the payoff. I thought it was nice. Doesn't Boimler talk about Mariner abandoning him? Like I was trying to figure out like there just seems to be an interesting dynamic there. I don't understand why he perceives that as being I I think that was just a reference to um 
her abandoning him on that planet when they were arguing okay. way at the beginning. Oh, okay. I, that's what I thought that was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was pretty much. She. I don't know. I don't think we've seen what what he was referring to, but I think for me it was kind of. Uh, was instructive was came a little bit after that where Mariner uh, says th they're both arguing about like telling stories of the abandonment or maybe this is right before actually but she says that's different my stories are hilarious and you're the one that abandoned me and it's um, I, I don't know I, I feel like the show became a little self-aware of of or at least Mariner became a little or the show became self-aware of how they portrayed Mariner as kind of being very self-righteous and I appreciated that like I, I have chafed a little bit against it and now it's nice to know that we're all on the same page in terms of that like and and that Boimler gets it too so yeah. um, I I think the the piece that kind of that, that I had an interesting reaction to was also the way that they sat in the bar together did any of you get the feeling that you know with the boyfriend reference with the, the some the malvis is the character who, who holds them up with a gun inside the shop and then gives them the data dolls um and malvis calls boimler mariner's boyfriend so we had yet another one of those you know moments which we've seen in at least two episodes this season so far and then they were both sitting at the bar next to each other having this talk of who's the number one and all this stuff and I don't know. I feel like we're getting romantic signals and I really hope we're wrong. about. I'm wrong about that. Uh, I really don't want to see the two of them even attempt a romance or whatever. I just... I don't want them to go there, yo. Yeah, I had that feeling too. I was like, oh, are they going to go there? Like I had that vibe. And then they didn't, you know, to be fair. But I, it, it did have that feeling for me for a second. Yeah, I don't, we don't, I feel like every, it's just getting so tiresome for every male-female friendship to be one that ends up that way because it like doesn't speak to the many different ways people can pair up. And I, anyway, it's just, it just feels old and so redundant. Yeah, and, and I feel like once you do that from a story writing perspective, then where do you go? It's like, you know, Mulder and Scully in the X Files, right? Like they were, it was always like, "Will they or won't they?" And then, and then finally they kind of did, and then they had an alien baby, and then the show ended. So, <laughs> so don't. I mean, uh, I don't think Boimler and Mariner need an alien baby. Uh, yeah, that is absolutely appropriate uh, to say. Also, did y'all notice that the 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 box of datas where Boimler is that are these all datas or are there some lores in here? <laughs> there is actually a lore in there. Yeah. When when we see the photograph. Wait, but how can you oh, tell? Oh really? Uh, oh, I see him. Smiling. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> and then there was a Star Trek Insurrection reference when all the datas bob up in the water, just like Data did an insurrection in the river. Mm. So. <laughs> had a few few neat moments there uh and so the, the 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 final kind of thing that we got to discuss with this episode is tendy and rutherford building the starship and i think i will i will say for myself that this felt for me like the weakest part of this episode i really didn't get what they were going for 
um, with it. You know, the, the, the moral of the day is that, oh, we didn't, we never really wanted to finish the starship. We want, it always was meant to be incomplete. And I didn't get it. Well, it just felt like a weird, <clears throat> I, I don't know, like the whole forgetting is, or not having all of his memories. It feel, felt like that wasn't really a big issue for him in the previous episodes. And then all of a sudden, while they're trying to build the ships, it was like the most important thing. I, I don't know. It just seemed weird. Yeah. And did we know on, that Rutherford's first name was, is it Samantha? Samanthan? Had we heard that before? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember if we'd heard it on the show or if I'd heard them talk about it in interviews, but yeah. Okay. So I don't know if it's A-N or E-N or I don't know how, what the last two letters of it are, but, okay. or I-N, I don't know. Yeah, it's um, it was it was mentioned I think at some point last season for sure, because it's um, for a second there I was like, what'd she say? Oh, that's right, that's his name. And so it's um, I, I know it's come up before. Okay, but uh, I I did enjoy the little the, the little starship has real phasers and a real warp core that explodes. Yeah, that was pretty. Because <laughs> of course the model <laughs> starship outside is warp core. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or maybe they're just able to make it do that because they are such good, you know, so good with the science. Did y'all, have y'all heard about the University of Chicago uh, scavenger hunt? Hmm. So it's a really famous thing. The University of Chicago has this incredibly hard scavenger hunt every year. And teams from the university go and um, attempt to solve it. And I think it's like a day-long affair. And it's it, it's really hard. One time, and I can't remember if this was in the 70s or the 80s or what, there was a requirement to build a, a nuclear reactor as part of the scavenger hunt. And one team actually, I think, did it or came close to doing it. Uh, so so that's I, that's what I thought of with this is like, you know, it's kind of a this guy like builds his own little war, miniature warp core. <laughs> it, so I grew up in a college town and I can remember when I was in high school, this is uh, before 9-11, there, there was like a research lab a few blocks from my house where they had like an experimental nuclear reactor, like not for mm-hmm. electricity generation, but for doing research. And you could just walk in. Like, you know, no security, not even like a grad student. And, uh, you know, then 9-11 happened and you definitely couldn't do that anymore. <clears throat> hmm. What year did you graduate from high school? Oh, four. Oh, okay. so that would have so been, it, was, it was like my freshman year. Yeah. I see. I see. Okay. I was like, I'm pretty sure you are not that old. Okay. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think any of you are that close to my age. So. Well, I, um, I'll just, I guess, sum it up by saying what I said at the beginning, which I really didn't understand what we were supposed to take away from that plot, uh, at all. Uh, but, what did happen at the end is Tendian Rutherford are holding a Quark branded DS9 miniature kit with an Esri and a Jadzia. And then <laughs> finally, we, we had at the bar scene, we had Captain Freeman joining in with her daughter and Boimler joking. So there's no friction between her and her daughter, which is great. And saying, like, everybody I really care about is, is in this bar with me. And strangely, that included the. Uh, Big Miglimo, the the guy who always brings food into his council session, counseling sessions. Uh, but it was kind of a tender moment, and I feel like it's kind of the 
it felt like kind of a, like a concluding cap off mid season moment where now the show is going to switch its tone for the rest of the season because we've heard in Star Trek Day and a few other places that the next that the last part of the season is going to seem very big like there's there's kind of the episodes despite being the same length they we're, we're going to be surprised with how much is crammed in there and we also know that there's going to be more backlit related stuff so this kind of the whole the gang's all here in the bar and it's a love fest kind of feels like a kind of a full stop before the show now goes into a more um dramatic if not serious place interesting so we'll see what happens well let's uh, let's take a break here we'll come back and talk about character development expansion to the world of trek and uh, any other little bits and bobs that we've got about this episode What did you say? You idiots need to shut up and stop being sniveling babies. <gasps> did you see that? I berated them and they recombined. Getting embarrassed makes them lose control, but getting pissed helps them get it back. Hey, you're a jerk. Excuse me. Attention, everyone. Stop being careful around the duplers. Yell at them. Call them spineless punks. I know we're Starfleet, but really give them a piece of your mind. Your paw is weak, and it disgusts me. I don't even know what that is, but I don't like your toe. This is engineering. You're in my house now. You wouldn't know a recon converter from a two-lock shifter. How dare you? I am a guest. You You, madam, have crossed the line. Endangered my ship, ruined my plans. Oh, I hope a temporal anomaly wipes out any record of your existence. Ah, I've never been treated like this in my entire life. And now I am going to my quarters. Welcome back to Strange New Takes, where we've just been discussing that on Star Trek Day, good old games, GOG.com, G-O-G.com, released six Star classic Star Trek games to download DRM-free, so you can buy them, they can be yours without uh, like any sort of rights management or whatever, like Steam kind of thing, so you, don't, you can just install them on your computer. And out of those, I'm really excited for the two Elite Force games and Star Trek Bridge Commander, which I've played growing up and uh, will run on pretty much any computer these days so i got them i'm gonna play them very excited it's gonna be a fun time <laughs> um, also we were also talking about the star trek rpg have either of you played the star trek rpg before the like tabletop dice game no but i'd like to i feel like maybe the one i played was a firefly one or i feel like i have one i may have one I'm going to have to go look and see because sometimes I get these games for Christmas and it's awesome and I want to play them and then it never materializes that we're all able to do it. But I feel like I maybe have played it. Okay. There's, there's been a couple of different, at least two different Star Trek role-playing games uh, released by different companies. Uh, like one was released in from 1982 to 89. I know that there was one either in like the 90s or the early 2000s and I know that there's another one now. So there's been several different iterations, and I have actually played one once a long, long time ago for like one session, and it's a ton of fun. So I feel like we should do that. We should film our sessions for YouTube, and uh, we can uh, we can all dress up yeah. as the characters. 
I'm down. I get to be Bajoran. I've got a Bajoran earring. Nice. There you go. There you go. But yeah, oh. I feel like I have one. Like there's one one way you can play it is uh, original series, and the other one is next gen or something. I don't know. I have a vague memory of this. Yeah, but. there's there's like many different. Um, like right now, you can get yourself Star Trek Adventures, the Klingon Empire Game Master, uh, back, or you can get the uh, like the, there's like uh, Star Trek Adventures Game Master bundle for like away teams. So, I mean, like any sort of D and D thing, there's like a million different books and versions and add-ons and all sorts of stuff. And so, uh, we, we we'll look into it. Let's see if we can get ourselves a, a podcast game going maybe once a week or something like that at some point. All right, well, getting back to the embarrassment of duplers, we should talk about character development. We, we mentioned Boy, uh, Mariner a little bit already. I talked about how her kind of I'm always right situation got called out a little bit. Uh, the other thing we learned about her is that she was posted to Starbase 25 herself at one point. Seems like she's been everywhere in the entirety <laughs> of Starfleet. Yep. And she was a Becky. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty great. I, I really want to know how she ended up with Malvis near SETI Alpha 4, though. Like, was it a mission or? It was probably shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good bet. <laughs> well, Boimler, uh, did y'all notice what he said about William Boimler in the episode? Yeah. It basically <laughs> described himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's so annoying. He's a stickler for the rules, kind of a butt. <laughs> he's so annoying <laughs> uh that was great i mean again i think telling us that his transporter clone is probably going to show up at some point yeah later in the series with it's going to be one of those things where we have to we are never going to know which one's the real boimler yeah i mean what definitely um did y'all did y'all find it interesting how he displayed, I thought, some emotional maturity in this episode, though. He wasn't kind of emotionally helpless. Mm-hmm. You know, he had his boundaries, so he walked into the party. He let Mariner walk away. And then he found he was lonely at the party, but then he wasn't, like, kind of just sitting there in his own depression. He was like, nope, I need to leave and make this better for myself. I'm going to go find her. Mm-hmm. You know? They did not, because he's he in love with her. Oh, Ew. God. No. I, I know, I know. I don't want it to be that way, but... <laughs> But, I mean, he's been shown to be such like a, a... The right word in English is kind of eluding me. I can think of it in, a, in the language I grew up speaking. But, like, he's been kind of shown to be sort of weak-willed. And I don't think the behavior that he showed in this episode is somebody who's weak-willed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. Yeah, and... Um, well, we, we discussed Andy and Rutherford briefly before. I think it's, it is interesting that they keep reminding us that Rutherford lost his memory, so we, they might become relevant again towards the end of the season um, in some big way, but we'll have to see what that does. Yeah. Any other character development that you all want to take note of? I, I just remarked that um, Captain Freeman, you know, doesn't learn at all you know she she actually saves the day she gets really lucky she saves the day by just like having an outburst right mm-hmm. and that you know just happens to like you know luckily be the right move and then everything turns out okay that was really funny like insult them 
<laughs> to yeah. make it more <laughs> yeah it's i mean on the one hand i think it, it is kind of i think it is progress that she and her daughter aren't butting heads anymore as i said before but you're right like it's not like there's any sort of like strategy involved there and she is again impulsive and sending the dupler into the party as kind of revenge right right <laughs> it's like sending the tribbles over to the klingon ship yeah yeah for sure <laughs> well expansion to the world of trek this is the first time we've seen starbase 25 and i don't know if y'all notice the subtle references to how people react to going into a city for the first time Hmm, everything kind of smells like pee. Oh, there was an empty lot over there. It's now a quarks. Yeah, yeah. Where teenagers <laughs> used to go to make mistakes. Yeah. You think you think Quark is uh, benefiting a little bit from his brother being the Grand Nagus in getting his, some of his franchising off oh, the ground? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh seems uh seems a little convenient that his business is exploded so much uh the epic party which apparently kirk and spock went to or at least were kicked out of uh, yeah. at one point so well, and captain shelby's there now so we got to see what and her first officer is the uh concept art for saru from discovery the guy oh. with like eight eyes was uh -huh. what saru was supposed to look like it looks like something out of Pan's Labyrinth. Right. I'm yeah. really glad they changed his look. Oh, me too, so, me too. Sorry, I just have to interject. You know that Doug Jones, who plays Saru, was the character in Pan's Labyrinth with yeah, the, the eyes. Yeah, the eyes. Yeah. yeah. They went a little too, like, too on the nose with right. casting him. <laughs> um, and the outrageous Okuna, Okana, Okuna? I can't Okona. Okona. Yeah. The outrageous Okona. So can, yeah. can you remind me who that is? Because I know well, he's no, and he, he's. I think I feel like he, was he at the party or was he shown he's when the all DJ. the duplers? Oh, he's the DJ. Okay. So we he's, see him when the when the duplers get sent into the party. He's he's like kind of surprised. But earlier in the episode, they mentioned, oh, the outreach Sakuna is here, and he's like, yeah, he's the DJ. Anyway. Oh, I didn't hear them mention that. I just saw him and recognized him. But I I know he's from like season two of Next Gen, um, and I don't know if he like. He's like, I can't remember if he like swindles people out of stuff. I can't remember exactly what the whole, he's like an unsavory character. Yeah, I remember him being some sort of like Han Solo, Trelane-ish, yeah. Q-ish yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. character. But it's been a very, very long time uh, that I've, I've watched. And I kind of feel like he was wearing some sort of like baggy pirate attire. That's all I remember of him. He wears like a vest, some kind of vest. He's, I'm pretty vest sure he's got a sweet mullet. <laughs> uh, that would seem appropriate for the 80s yeah uh well anyway we'll maybe someday we can do like a best one-off guest characters or something or campiest guest characters and have him <laughs> show up but uh yeah there was um there's just a lot a lot of like um references in this episode to stuff that has come before in star trek i'll just take you through a few things real quick mm -hmm. aurelians were the you know those two birds who are talking like move back oh, to starbase yeah. he says like they were in the animated series as a species before. So we see them again. In the bar on the walls, it has all these pictures. Well, there's a picture of Arix, the I forget the species now, but the species that has like an arm coming out of the chest. Yeah, from uh, an animated series. Correct. The Cation Mares has a picture of her on the wall. 
There's also a picture of Morn, Morn. <laughs> from DS9. I saw that one, yeah. <laughs> the bar as well. Was so, I thought there was a I thought there was like a Lurian. Is it Lurian? That's the species that Morn is. Yeah. That's like asleep on a like. There's a table in the background, and he is kind yeah. of passed out on the table. There is, yep. There is another Lurian there, and uh, Adam wanted us to mention that the guy in the bike chair that the that the chase the police chase goes by is Alex Kurtzman. Which I think that uh, was supposed to be Alex Kurtz. That's funny. <laughs> well, that's what Adam thinks. That's what Adam I tend thinks, to agree. Yeah. Like it was kind of weird how much they focused on this one guy, and it, yeah. it kind of looks like Alex Kurtzman. It looks like him. Who? Yeah. Until until Adam told me that this person about this reference, I didn't have any idea what Alex Kurtzman looked like. So now I went and looked it up. <laughs> I'll recognize him now if he sits next to me on a flight or something. It's like how Peter Jackson always made an appearance in Lord of the Rings movies, different different yep. iterations. Yep. Exactly. Um, the bouncer for the party and all of the weight stuff are played by a species called Nasat from the animated series episode The Jihad. I had no no idea that there was an animated series episode called Jihad, but apparently there's some sort of artifact that gets either stolen or destroyed, and they're expecting a galaxy-wide religious war. So that was the reference to that word's usage. But so. Lord X continuing to bring back some animated series references. Um, did you all see the Doomsday Machine hanging on the above the bar? No, I missed that. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, that was also in there too. So, uh, also I believe the the writing scratched onto the bar referenced Captain Kirk and Spock from the original series. But I don't look up Memory Alpha if that's <laughs> that's if that if I'm right on that one. So. <laughs> I was like, what's so, he doing? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> um, and I, 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 I can't also can't move on without referencing your pause week and it disgusts me. That was, that was a good line. <laughs> oh, man, Shaq says, did you all notice Kayshawn didn't make an appearance in this episode at all? I did. Kayshawn. I feel like they really gave us a false bill of goods when they were talking about Kayshawn and... Yeah, I mean, if they don't do anything with him, then they just reveal the best thing about his character in the trailer. Yeah, why? That's bad. <laughs> Give me something else. You know, I just realized I, I'm. A, you talked about the second half of Lower Decks kind of being either I don't know if you said epic, but it's going to be like a bigger, like a whole lot mm-hmm. crammed into. It. I was just thinking about some of the stuff they've shown us in the trailer for the series for the season. Um, I'm now remembering things that were in that trailer that haven't happened yet. Like, uh, I don't know if it's a woman commander or something that's like, I don't know, giving a pep talk or something before, like they're all gathered in a, I don't know if it's a cargo bay or where they're getting anyway. But I was like, Oh yeah, that, I mean, that definitely portends something epic that's about to happen or anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I just expect them to do some more cinematic stuff with the big bad now, basically. And we still Mm -hmm. haven't found out who is controlling the backlands. Uh, and kind of, and so there is some, there's some speculation that it might be Lore, because uh, he's been <laughs> referenced a couple, a few times in Lower Decks and seems just kind of like a very Mike McMahon thing to do. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, let's give our strange new ratings for an embarrassment of duplers. Who wants to stick their neck out and give this episode a rating? I can go first. I'll give it, it. I'll give it seven duplers. <laughs> seven Unduplicated. Dupl- 
Yeah, wouldn't that be 14 then? <laughs> oh, no, it's 28. You know. Oh. <laughs> oh, actually, 7 is a good rating. It would only duplicate if you gave them a bad rating. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'll give it I'll give it 3ish out of 5. Okay. It's, I mean, it was okay. It's just, you know, I need to go back and rewatch all of... I've only been able to watch one of the episodes this season twice, and I have a feeling I would have a greater appreciation for them if I saw them twice. But if you have to watch an episode twice to have greater appreciation for it, doesn't that kind of say something? I don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's it's all right, but it's no masturbating Mugato. Let's put it that I way. mean... <laughs> yeah, you know, it's... Uh... <laughs> Lord X had a very high bar right there with that one. <laughs> I still like the third episode of the season the best. So, which one was that again? The Tom Parrot. Well, oh, the com- commemorative plates. That's right. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I I actually I, I you know I generally enjoy this episode. So I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. I think it's the softest eight that I've given so far. Like it wasn't, <laughs> it didn't blow me away or anything. But I thought the Dupler plot was so funny that I think I could watch the this just for that and kind of the good feels of the character development and uh, go from there. One one thing I will quickly call out: shame on Mariner for when the bouncer comes up and is like, "Hey, it's tough. It's being vulnerable. I know." And she just shuts him down by saying, shut up. Like, come mm-hmm. on. When someone's being vulnerable, it opens up. Listen to them. <laughs> I you, know, you might just get into the party. <laughs> so anyway, well, thank you, Bill. And thank you, Emily, for joining me to discuss this episode today. I, I, was, I watched this and I was like, I got to talk about this with somebody. And I was like, yeah, wait, I, that's coming up later this week. That's going to be great. So here we are. <laughs> thank you, Notch. Of course. Uh, thank you, Rudy. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Dinah. And thank you, Adam, wherever y'all are and whatever y'all are doing today. Hope you're having a great time. Thank you, dear listener, for making time for us in your week as well. Thank you, Justin Guha, for recording our theme music. We always appreciate hearing him strum away at the Klingon theme. And then finally, thank you to whoever was on the Battlestar that was docked at Starbase 25. <laughs> Some of us might forget that this episode, uh, the, the series Battlestar Galactica existed, and then these folks decided to dock alongside all the Starfleet vessels, and there it was. And I was like, gosh, you go watch some BSG now. So special <laughs> thanks to them. All right, everybody. See you next week. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.